Welcome back to Buckle Up, baby. In this episode, episode forty-eight was nice. We covered yeah. a lot of things. Michael, what did we talk about? We did. Uh, we talked about how we're in a moment. It feels like uh, we talked. Last week we talked about chat GPT, but mm-hmm. we kind of dive more into what this moment feels like, where we might be a year from now. Mm-hmm. Talked about Elon Musk at Twitter, kind of a, a review of, of our predictions. Right. We talked a lot about um, Rick Rubin's idea that artists just need to focus on themselves and their intuition. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? We talked about how Michael hates success of other people. Right, right, right. right. And I wishes, <laughs> if he had a choice between him winning and everybody losing, you would choose the latter. It's a question. It's a question that grabbed. And we spoke with. about plans for the future. <laughs> Stay tuned. I feel like I'm hard on myself. Am I hard on myself for hitting? I don't think so. In general, no, I don't think you're hard on yourself. I don't think you're hard enough on yourself. <laughs> okay, explain <laughs> that one. You're very. Um, like, hey, you know, just put the work in and, you know, put the time in and think good things will happen. Oh, I do believe that. But in general, like all the stand up guilt I feel for myself, you don't you don't hear that from me. You're not listening. I'm here. I, I don't think you I don't think you're too hard on yourself, though. I think you're you're appropriately hard on yourself. Oh, OK, fine. Yeah. Well, I'm feeling <laughs> shitty, but now I feel I think worse. You're pretty good. Uh, you're pretty good at giving yourself the encouragement you need. Right. I'm just as good at that as you are bad at giving me the encouragement I need. Well, no, I do it that way because I think I you, need it. you need the voice in your head that says quit. So Stop. my confidence <laughs> bothers you. Does it bother me? It's not your confidence. Well, we've spoken about this maybe off where I like talking about my weaknesses and you like talking about your strengths. Hell yeah. Yeah. So you, I don't think you talk about your weaknesses enough. What's the point, Michael? Yeah. That, well, that's what you think. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Which has been what better? Is the, what's, what what's, is the point? I don't know what the point is. What's there been better? What do you think is a better strategy? I think I think the way you go about it's probably a better strategy. Right. But um but if you have the thoughts, I don't I don't like you need to express them somehow. I sure. Think. Yeah. Not yeah, I guess I spend a, I spend an inordinate. How do you say that word? Inordinate. Inordinate. I think you <laughs> I think <laughs> there's you a theme said, on this podcast where I just I've discovered that I'm pronouncing words wrong forever. Inordinate. Inordinate. Inordinate, yeah. But there's another word. Exorbitant. 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 Yeah. Exorbitant, inordinate, yeah. absorbent. Because you don't read. I spend an why. absorbent amount of time yeah. <laughs> in an ornament, an inordinate amount Anor- of time. Enormant is is a new word. It's like an enormous. It's like a sophisticated way to say enormous. You know there's like people who are intelligent but not like smart not like well read uh-huh. and like you see it on the like podcasts where they're like dropping words that are incorrect they're going for the right thing yeah yeah but yeah. it ain't, it's not what you mean yeah you know? or or it's the opposite because you think um they read so much that they've never heard it said out loud mm-hmm. um so they'll say a word tim <laughs> dylan does that i find right. i i saw a clip of eminem from like the 90s talking about but maybe it was weird al or i don't know no will smith i mean he dissed a whole gender of music man <laughs> and no one corrected him <laughs> That's just unacceptable to me. Eminem, the wordsmith, said he dissed the whole gender of music. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I do spend a ton of time, I guess, unspoken, <laughs> focusing on what I'm not good at. Not focusing on, but re- like being aware of. You spend... Ed- because most of the stuff I think I'm like good at or good to other isn't impressive to me. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. You think you spend too much time on what you're not good at? What do you mean by time? I'd say awareness. Awareness. In other words, like... When you unlock certain things like skills over the, (coughs) you know, it's almost like when you write something and you're like, 
that that someone else could couldn't what was that <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> i'll cut to that for sure when you're writing something that you think is not really replicable like somebody else wouldn't uh-huh. do it and then someone says how'd you do that like are you as maybe for a minute you're like cool but o- over time you get used to what you're good at mm-hmm. and it's not impressive to, to yourself mm-hmm. even if it is to other people yeah I, I heard scott adams actually talking to joe rogan about how impressive it was his acting when he was they were on like an episode together on a sitcom years earlier mm-hmm. and Joe was talking about his doodling and how amazing it is that you can draw like that. And he was like, "Well, to me, it's not that impressive. It just mm-hmm. is." I've I, like he said it in your voice, no, Scott Adams, or he said it in his own voice. Well, to me, I don't really <laughs> simultaneous sip. I forgot who said it to who, but Joe was downplaying his skills, and Scott was downplaying his skills. And Scott right. pointed out, "Well, everybody else's skills are always more impressive to other people than the person doing them, because yeah. to you, it's just ordinary. It's what you do, yeah. and you kind of understand." And now it's Liver King and Scott Adams are the same. It's Liver King and the simultaneous sip. <laughs> dup, 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 dup. Good call. Um, no, but basically other people's skills. When you watch somebody do something crazy impressive on yeah. an instrument or something like that, like it's it's it wows you. And yeah. then if you ask them, they're not like it's crazy. Right. In a way, it is. And like I could be like, it's kind of weird that I could like pick up an instrument and do certain things on it. But it's like almost like when you learn the the secret to a magic trick. Mm-hmm. Once you know the magic trick, it's a, like the second you learn what something is or uncover the mis- mystery of some sound or whatever, and you can recreate it, it yeah. loses its right. awe a little bit. But you, so. don't, you don't talk about your doubts. I guess, I guess right. You're, you're aware of everything you could improve on, but you don't express your doubts about the path you're on. Yeah, I also I know where I stand yeah. from, like competitively a little bit. Like yeah. I'm, I, I, so I'm aware of that. Like I'm not walking around thinking right. that. But at the same time, I think it's I think being an artist is like. You are 50-50 doubt and confidence. That's just the binary that exists. Mm-hmm. You're always thinking, oh, I, I'm, I, I can no, I'm nowhere near this person. But I'm also, I know that I'm not necessarily like, every, like anybody ordinary. Anybody could just do this. Right, like I, right, I, right. But you're constantly vacillating between the two. And what I don't get that a lot of other artists maybe do is I never get discouraged when I see somebody who's way better than me. Yeah, you're very good at that. I'm I've like, learned. wow, sick. Yeah. So that's always something I see other people like, oh, forget it. I'll, I can never right. touch this guy. I'm like, well, maybe I can't either, but hey, like, there's it's cool. There's this line from There Will Be Blood where he says, I have a competition in me. I don't just want to succeed. I want to see other people fail. <laughs> in, 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 he says that, Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have a, I haven't seen the movie. The I film. I've abandoned my boy. It? I never saw the oh, movie. you know that line? No, I only know I've abandoned my boy. Yeah. I say, I, <laughs> I say to my baby, my son all the time, drink it up, drink, 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 drink it up. Drink it um, up. I just talked to him. Yeah, that, that was really good. Drink actually. it up. <laughs> I've abandoned my boy. I've abandoned you my boy. You should see that movie. That's one of my favorite movies of all again? time. There Will Be Blood? Oh, he says, he I goes. I thought it was about the Olsen twins' first period. <laughs> I actually think it's a Jeff Ross joke. He's like, there will be blood. I thought I thought it was about the Olsen twins it's losing their virginity. So suspicious, <laughs> so specific. It's almost like inappropriate. That was his joke. I thought it was about the Olsen twins losing their virginity. I think it was a uh, roast or something. Anyway, why, really, what were you saying? Um, there will be blood. No, there's a line in there. There's this like awesome sequence where his he thinks this well this whatever his brother comes and he has these intimate moments with mm-hmm. him, and he 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 explains to himself where they get drunk when and he goes. He talks about how, like, um, he's like people. He says people in this really disgusting way where, like, people to him are just mm. these sort of, people. like, like obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, I have a competition in me. I don't just want to win. 
I want to see other people lose. Does he say it in his animated Daniel Day Lewis? No, not really. Really? Yeah. I have a competition. Oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. I have a competition in me. Yeah. I don't just want to win. I want to see other people lose. Yeah. And he's like, he's like drunk and he looks like a wolf. It's like yeah. this intense moment. Cool. But that's how I feel. Do you? <laughs> Maybe, Do you resonate no, you, with that for it's, real? It's almost like I don't want to win. I just want to see everybody lose on a certain level. Um, I do, you know what I do have I do have moments like that actually um, Where does that come from? Why do you want to see other people fail? Um, because their success is a reminder to you That it's possible but just takes work that no, you're pe- not People that, to I, <laughs> that I'm competing with uh-huh. If I'm in like direct competition with someone well, That makes sense A little bit Yeah yeah a little bit more um, Yeah yeah I, I don't think it, like it's, it's But you'd rather everybody fail than you win <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's pretty sick. Maybe it's it's like a laziness almost. It's just like let's you know stop. why. Let's stop. It's when, when the choice is to blame other people or blame yourself for success or failure. It's much easier to blame other people. It's a much mm-hmm. harder thing to put the onus on you yeah. to be the one responsible for your success. It's much easier to look externally and say, "Yeah, it's all that shit," and they're the ones getting it instead. You know, somebody else took my spot. Yeah, but it was my spot. In yeah. other words. Yeah, other people's success, it's not like a zero-sum game. Well, it's a, there's, um, it's not a zero-sum game, but I think there's a, it, it's a, when I feel like that, it's a signal that it's something um, truly important to me that I need mm-hmm. to, that I need to be pursuing. Like, I saw this on, in Sundance, this, uh, Hasid, this, what I, I this uh, Hasidic film basically got mm-hmm. into Sundance this year. Cool. Um, and my first reaction wasn't like oh great all rising tides lifts all boats it was mm. like it was like fuck them no no That's, no that might need correcting <laughs> yeah well i mean in the, what it, what it says to me is mm-hmm. wow f- film festivals are being open to hasidic stories what an opportunity um well so 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 i think i don't think it has to be one or the other i think i think if i would express if i would manifest that and try to like almost actively mm-hmm. you know subvert them or something that would be bad but 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 i think it's it's your inner voice saying no this is what you want to do yes like, you, you need to be working even harder because you want to be doing this not you know like yeah it's a signal to you it's a signal of yeah. what internally really, I under, you've said yeah. that to me who yeah. when you see somebody do something that you want it to be yours that tells you what you should be doing yeah, yeah. but also and this is a little psychoanalyzing mm-hmm. if everybody's failing it's not your fault it's easier that way <laughs> if everybody fails then there's nothing you're doing wrong or 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 that everything you're doing is sufficient because you're not really yeah. responsible for your failure because yeah. everybody's failing yeah. but as soon as somebody goes and pokes through yeah it tells you that there is something you could be doing yeah and that's hard to admit to. Yes, there's shame and in it. There's shame, there's shame in it, in it yeah. and it's hard to say, okay, I really have to put in the work and then be in the right circumstance for something. But as long as somebody proves that it's possible. For sure. It's like what we talked about with Jordan Peterson a couple episodes ago about minorities, and they succeed, and everybody hates that because they face a lot of certain minorities that succeed versus others right. are showing you they're in the same system, mm-hmm. but it's not the system. Right. There's ways to hack it. Mm-hmm. Buddy, whack it! <laughs> <laughs> That's what is a, that? a Tommy Boy reference. <laughs> Have you met my friend, Buddy Whack? <laughs> Remember when he David Spade walks? He says. It was like uh, he walks yeah, out of David yeah, Spade jerking off. Yeah. He goes, hey, have you met my friend, buddy? Whack it. Um, anyway, it means the system can be hacked. Yeah. And as long as these writers or people in your field are succeeding. Right. It's telling you it's on you. Yeah. When I see that in my industry, I'm like, all right. Great. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> 
If everybody was failing, it's hopeless. I'd have to leave. I'd have yeah. to give up, which is easier yeah. in one sense. But you're just like, hey, look, this happened. And there was there was a way that that person, this Hasidic film, did it. And now there's a model in a way. Like, yeah. Get, reach out to them. Have coffee. Find out how it happened. True. true Try your best true. to replicate the, the principles. The way I got the short film produced is, is just that. A, yeah. a, a film got sold at Sundance, and I reached out to the producers, and, and then and they helped me out. Yeah. Do you know how this film... What's the name of the film? Well, no, so it's not a film. It's, uh, it's an independent television pilot, uh, which is different. I got into Sundance? I thought Sundance was just a, film. No, they have a TV uh, program. Do you now. know the story behind it yet? Uh, no, there? I don't know. I don't know. I know a friend of mine... Uh, is his name is is at Sundance? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. confirm that it's that it's there, and it it must be very good. But no, I don't know anything about it. But but I sh- I should be reaching out to them. And the, yeah, the truth is, the voice that tells me not to reach out to them is like it's small. It's a it's a small. But it should just change what the voice is saying. It's like you should reach out to them. This is people that yeah. that did something you want to do. Yeah, best thing to yeah. do is you know, replicate. I, and then yeah, and then in on the other side of it, um, there there is a reality also of. Sort of like the Sean White phenomenon. Like, there's only enough space in the culture for one snowboarder, one famous snowboarder. Like, there's not going to be three famous snowboarders, mm-hmm. probably. Um, so, like, there's this thing where, like, if 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 a project in a certain area gets sold or bought, um, they're not buying two of those. You know what I mean? Like, they're not buying two stories about Hasidim at s- studios or whatever that is. Um, so hey. there there is a bit... I mean, I, I I understand where you're coming from. I'm telling you from experience. That's something that is real, also. But um, you can only tell the stories you're supposed to tell. So right, right. I don't think that right. should be a relevant factor. No, I I agree with you. And and, and it could be that it happens. I know in music, yeah. when something takes off a trend or a style or things like, there's tons of copycats and spinoffs and things, and people kind of chase that. But there's not. I don't believe in like the fixed pie that there's only room for one Sean White. What Sean White is exceptional and amazing. Um, but there's also new people that. That that you know come up at different times or at the same time or there's rivalries or there's yeah. you know it's just about good I think good well, art is good art and it finds its way if it's pushed with enough momentum and I, um, I, I think. yeah but then you have to ex- you have to adjust your expectations for is this a money making project or is this just a story you have to tell because mm-hmm. if it's a money making project it might be more strategic to pivot. But if it's just something I have to tell, then great. But I'm I can't expect to either sell it or raise this kind of money. It just mm-hmm. has to be something I do like independently. Right. Um, I came across a clip of Rick Rubin. I think it was on Lex Fridman actually. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I agree with this statement, but maybe partially. It's Rick Rubin after all. But he said the thing that is part of the great debate amongst any artist trying to do something. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't think the only thing I could tell somebody, it was a, it was like Rick Rubin style. The only thing I could tell somebody, pay is coming. Pay is coming from all directions. <laughs> the only thing I could tell somebody as a piece of advice is, don't care about anybody else. Don't worry about anybody else's opinion. Do what you have to do, and make what you have to make. I don't think it could be good otherwise. When you're making stuff for other people, for the sake of other people, I I just don't think it could be any good. You have to do you. All right. Now. That's a very dangerous piece of advice because there's a lot of stuff out there and a lot of people out there who would take that advice to mean I never have to grow, I never have to evolve, I never have to adapt. It might be good advice for making good art, but to make art as a living and as a career, you know, like to make music as an art in your basement and just want to just make it, don't think about anybody else, sure. But then the debate is, well, what if you're trying to like do something with it? 
and have it support you as yeah. a living. That might be, there might be, to me, there's very different advice that goes with that. Art just standalone and art as a career. It's like you're commercializing it here because you're, you're trying to exchange it for value for people. Yeah. You're trying to get people to support you in doing it. So how do you not think about them? Well, I think what he would say is not all art's meant to be, not, not everyone's meant to be a successful commercial artist. Isn't that convenient when everyone he's ever worked with is the biggest superstars on the planet? Not everyone, but Jay-Z, Chili Peppers, and Pharrell, and everybody I work with mm -hmm. is a superstar. But you go do you. I know he doesn't mean yeah, that, but, but what I'm saying is there. I've come across people who believe that. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Radiohead believes that, but they also make music that resonates with but, the whole but, world. And there, there's for every Radiohead, there's millions of people who are just making the worst music ever, but and I, it doesn't connect, and they're like, well, it's me. But I think Rick Rubin, if he were three degrees off, and he never got to work with superstars, mm -hmm. I imagine he'd be doing the same thing. He would, he would just not be rich. He'd be poor and sort of wandering around doing weird stuff that you know, gets him off. He happens to be or, or he would perfectly try to calibrated to be doing what he wants and become super rich and famous at the same time. Yes, I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's unclear. Like, instincts-wise, uh -huh. I, I, I think he's saying thing, uh, something that's true and false at the same time. So mm -hmm. he's saying... Like, yes, like, it has to move me first. Like, I have to use, I can't have my sensibilities corrupted mm -hmm. by what I think other people might like. Right. And I understand that. But what if you don't know what your sensibilities are? And what if you're still trying to figure yourselves out? Like, to a young artist, to hear that, and they just stick to their guns and do what they do, but then you hear it, mm -hmm. and you're like, this songwriting needs work. This, like, it's, it's, it, it's seemingly contradictory because Rick Rubin is a producer yeah. who gets in there with an artist and helps develop them by giving them input and giving them ideas. And if the artist is going to be open to Rick Rubin, then they're contradicting his sentiment to some extent of mm -hmm. don't care about other people and what other people think. You know, or they're entrusting his artistic vision. And I care what Rick Rubin thinks, but not what generally people think. But you see where it gets super contradictory. Like, yeah, on the one yeah. hand, you have Rick Rubin coming into an artist to develop them into something, and maybe it's, it's more of, like, overarching purpose. I want to develop this into its best authentic self. Mm -hmm. Why cut the chorus in half? Why cut the verse in half to get to the chorus faster? It's because it makes it more listenable. But what is that listenable instinct? It's because more people will be able to respond to it. But maybe he's saying don't let their, their, their desires dictate the art, but he, I would say you have to consider everything. Like, when you're putting things out there, consider your audience. He's the same guy who said you, uh, collaboration is about sort of not following your own instinct and like being open to what everybody else wants to yeah, do. Yeah, but those are the people in the room involved in the creative process. So okay. you have to care what they think because you're right. making something together and value their opinion. There's uh -huh. no wrong answers. So that I get. That doesn't contradict it. But what does is like this idea of I just think it can be easily misunderstood advice. Yeah. You have to do what you do and you have to find your voice. But in the process of finding your voice, that involves engaging in a relationship with an audience. Like it's a give and take. You're yeah. putting stuff out there, seeing how people respond to it. Maybe it didn't make the. Maybe your song, you're trying. What you're trying to do is make people feel sad or nostalgic, and it's not doing that because your verse stretches for eight minutes and they get bored and don't listen. Right. So I, you know, like it's. A, I think it's a, just a much more nuanced discussion and yeah. and and case to be made than just do what you do and don't care about what anybody else yeah. thinks. That's like saying get into a relationship. How do you want to make your relationship work with your mm -hmm. with your partner? Don't care about what anyone else thinks. Just do you. You're not. You could have. Yeah. You could have a very good relationship by chance, but oftentimes and more often than not, you're like things are bad and you don't know why and or mm -hmm. they're not working. Yeah. So I just find that for the like it's it it's helpful. 
to get very technical, especially in the beginning of, a, of an endeavor when you're just getting into a business or just mm-hmm. starting to write music or anything or screenplays, like take as much advice from everyone as you can and and an audience and see what responds because you're, yeah. you're not just making it for the sake of itself. Yeah, well, th- there are stages. I, I think at, at the inception stage, he's right. And then you, if you want to stay at the inception stage, great. But if you want to develop it into a piece that, right, like you said, is listenable, then there's there's other advice you need at that point. Yeah, I don't know if it's the most practical advice because it's too general and can be misconstrued in so yeah. many ways so that people don't take that to mean, oh, I never right. have to change, I never have to adapt. Everything I'm doing is just me, and that's it. And I found that in my experience, it's not quite true. Like you keep yourself open to trying different things, and uh, and like considering the audience when you're making something. I don't know. I don't know where I fully stand. I don't have a position on what he said, yeah. but I, I I see the pitfalls of that. If kind of you were sitting here right now, what would you say to him? That <laughs> I, I'd love to hear what you think about the fact that what happens when you come across an artist where it's just not there. It's right. not resonating. It's pitchy. Yeah. It's the, the songwriting is sloppy. It's not effective. It's boring. It's awful. Like, what about the suck factor? There's some people who suck and they need yeah. work. Like, what well, do you say to that? If you ha- <laughs> should if they you... just do them or should they be open to uh, as a improving? musician? Um, yeah. If you had 20 minutes with Rick Rubin, you want a contest or something? What yeah. would you use that 20 minutes for? If I had 20 minutes with Ricky, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you could do anything. You could go in a cold bath, cold plunge with him, sauna. Play a song for him, ask him to produce something for you. I don't think I'd have an agenda. I'd probably do my best to just have no agenda and just try to like establish a real connection. I don't okay. Know. You know what I'm that's saying? Interesting. To me, that's the most you could do. He's a human being. I'd be curious to talk about anything with him, no. but I wouldn't want him to like listen to my song and give me feedback. You wouldn't. Okay. Because unless he was interested, unless we want, unless it happened organically, yeah. to me, that's self defeating. Would you sit, just sit in silence with him for 20 minutes? That's what he wanted to do, but I would try yeah. to talk to him. And maybe i talk about this. Like, I saw that clip you posted, by the way, and I'm so conflicted about this idea. Because mm-hmm. as I've developed over the years, I did it partially by, you know, being in the commercial space, thinking about and overthinking about that. But don't you think it's about a balance? Like, you have to, you know, Radiohead's first record that broke them was Creep, yeah. which has this big cre- screaming hook, and it's super simple. And then it got more complex and elaborate as the relationship developed. So in the beginning, they were thinking about that and what's radio friendly. And then once they have this huge audience and everybody's attention, you could start getting experimental. Yeah. So I would ask him that question. Like, I feel like he would just touch your head and you'd have all the answers. Because <laughs> he's such a wizard. And it's just like it's always, it's always awfully convenient when a guy like that happens to be also working with and developing the best songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Jay-Z's 99 Problems and Chili Peppers' Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And I get it. They're making... Maybe I'm just not there yet in my journey to be like, you know what? Stop caring about anything else. Like, it doesn't matter. Do you and don't think about it. But like, you know... Oh, like, you know, uh, what's your process, uh, Max Martin? Who's written every pop song in the past? Oh, I just do what I do. Right. He's very... He's a bad example because he's very formulaic. But you know who Max Martin is? He wrote Swedish. the Beatles. Oh he, oh, he wrote Taylor Swift songs and all that. He produced Taylor Swift, but he's like Backstreet Boys, all the hits yeah, of the nineties. Oh, Britney Spears, don don oh baby, baby, everything you've heard from mm-hmm. back in the day and, and till to this day. But he I, he like runs a factory and says, "Cut that hook, do the, the." But is he motivated by? But maybe it's about what motivates you. Like to go circle back to it. Like I like this, so it, that's why it works. Not will they like this? Well, uh, the Beastie Boys said about Rick Rubin. I think I saw it might have been in that Apple documentary. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. 
but they said from from the time they met him, mm-hmm. he was always the coolest person they knew. He his his like inner yeah. radar was always like a, a few years ahead of everybody else. Um, so so maybe when he thinks about himself and all the iconic artists he works with, he's like, yeah, we all just kind of do what we feel like, and right, and it's and it's and it's perfect. Therein lies the unanswered question: yeah. chicken or egg? Is everything iconic because they don't care? Yeah, or or. Everybody cares and loves it, so it's iconic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So who's dictating to who? Like, is it just a coincidence that your instincts are that good to begin with that you don't need to think about other people? Because you're right. What if he was just doing what he's doing and all the results were just like unlistenable? Yeah. But he loved it. I'm sure he's he work. He's friends and like records with artists that are not successful and no one knows about in the but, commercials. But he like yeah no yeah he just like in like people he meets and like he loves their banjo playing or something and. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm sure he has a million recordings that are ne- no one's ever going to listen to or enjoy. That could be, that could yeah. be. But everybody still wants to be able to su- like support themselves and yeah. sustain themselves doing music. So you know, I've just heard it a thousand times, and you see people who are like, "Yeah, I just do me," and then you listen, and you're yeah. like, uh, "You definitely just do you. This is not, this needs work." Yeah. Um, so it walls off the potential for growth. Risk it risks walling all that off. Yeah, yeah. And that's my take on Rick Rubin. I agree. He's amazing. Yeah, um, he also said he was vegan on Joe Rogan for like twenty years for no reason. He he wasn't he, it wasn't for like ethical reasons, <laughs> but he thought it was the healthy thing to do, and he gained like a hundred pounds <laughs> and then got off it and started yeah. being fine. He's like, I didn't even like. It's not like I liked vegan food and I had no issue like whatever. I I didn't do it because I enjoyed it or whatever it is. It's just like that's what I was told to do to be healthy, and it didn't work for him at uh. all. <laughs> it's like what a waste of all those years where he could have <laughs> been much healthier. Um. But anyway, no, he's obviously the goat and fascinating. I just find that piece of advice, which was sent to me recently, yeah. to be. You should watch the whole episode with Lex Fridman. He might, like, completely address it. Do you think that, Rick, they uh, talk for th- <laughs> when you're working with the Chili Peppers or Jay-Z and doing hip-hop, is there a different process in which you find love? In the music, <laughs> you gotta love Lex. He he tweets out, "I don't believe in cynicism, only love." Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah, he's a big puss. <laughs> he uh, he volunteered to be CEO of Twitter. I saw Elon. I saw By it. the way, just to, to 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 go back to our original conversation about Elon. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, in in with everything that's happened now, you were you were very very high on Elon can do everything. Why doubt him? He's a free speech. You know, he's coming in to to save the right and everything right. like that. Like, how do you process everything that's happened in the last few he's months? Doing great. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm you, surprised. You, you could think that. I'm surprised. You could think that. No, I'm surprised at. Uh, I'm surprised at how seemingly insane and susceptible he's been to like weakness. <laughs> Like yeah. the way he's engaged with it in this fun way at first, in the beginning of it, like mm-hmm. like responding directly to criticism to for these accounts is kind of fun, but he seems a li- from my perspective, just from the news and seeing what's happening, like unraveled and burnt out. Like I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if we rate it on the metrics of like like what's come out, what he's been able to accomplish, like from the Twitter files, Matt Taibbi's reporting uncovering all these things we all knew to be true but couldn't say out loud because we felt like we were part of the crazy crowd of yeah. the everybody who doubted twitter in its sincerity was was uh q like everybody was lumped into you're crazy if you don't trust the narrative mm-hmm. he broke it 
I think. Yeah. Exposing these things. And maybe he himself as a as a as a player in this is the sacrificial lamb in it all. Maybe it took everything out of him. And maybe he couldn't can't hack it in the long run. Yeah. But in the short run, the good outweighs the bad in terms of what has come out as far as mainstream media yeah. goes and showing how in cahoots Twitter was with FBI pressuring them. Like those things are now becoming like just mainstream accepted common knowledge. Yeah. That's a credit, I guess, to him or what Twitter is now yeah. uncovering this this the the mulch and swampiness that was Twitter and the FBI and 2020 elections and all that stuff. Yeah. It's not crazy to say the numbers like it's all out. And Matt Taibbi, yeah. I think that's all great. Yeah. So I'll I, give. Yeah. You know. okay. But his 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 personal the way the way it's wearing on him personally is surprised me a little bit. You know, because yeah. he's like stoic and like I just want to make cars and I just want to make Twitter and I just want to go to space and I just want to go to Mars. Yeah. Huge ideas and he just kind of does them. Here it's like he's this. this Whoever's doing this tweeting, if it's him, it's, yeah. it's a little bit like, whoa, dude. In the beginning, it was fun. And then he's banning these people who are yeah. like, it's kind of hilarious to me. It's not right, and it's like not free speech. In some cases, I think there were security, ter- like they're doxing people who are doxing him and trying to like follow him are security risks and they yeah. violate policies. Um, but then he like reinstates them. But to see the left and woke left go crazy over how authoritarian Twitter has become is pretty laughable. Because they were all about it. <laughs> yes, they banned. They were all about banning everybody and yeah, censoring yeah, everybody, yeah. and so that's kind of rich. Yeah, is it fruitful and true to principle? Not really. Yeah, but mm. I don't know. Twitter isn't real life, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts? Interesting. Um. Yeah, I think he he looks very human. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't imagine. To think about how much his brand has sunk in the last year. He went from, like, beloved by everybody, like, most trusted, respected, admired entrepreneur of, like, all time to, like... And now everyone has an opinion about him, you know? Like, mm-hmm. good, bad, middle, whatever, evil, great. Um, Mr. Beast tweeted, can I take over? He's like, it's not out of the question. That's funny. But I wonder what all of this theater is. So, I mean, so so what's funny to me is I, I don't think this, this was ever, like, a left-right thing. I think he... Uh, he owes a billion dollars a year in interest on on these loans he took out, and Twitter can't make a billion dollars a year, and so he releases these Twitter files. I think I think because he gets a kick out of it and he thinks it's important, mm-hmm. but it's also a great way to change the narrative for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And and the bottom line is he has to find a billion at least at least a billion dollars a year just to pay back his loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's now he was in Qatar with like Jared Kushner and the like the the Saudis. Pick, yeah. Like he he th- like that's what the story is. He has to figure out a way to make this company work and, like, and he and he can't do it so he's he's finding different ways to like sort of shape the narrative away from that but like but it's not about free speech it's about like a million different things other than free speech like obviously you know why because he banned all those people yeah because he i mean what is like you know what does he believe and what are his values and like um and i think I, his value is still well, free speech. i guess i guess what i'm saying at the, at the end of the day it's not free speech that that are that's going to drive the decisions at twitter it's it's the economics of it always um, yeah 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 which is like but how funny does... to me um yeah it, it's it's also funny to me that like um he he like they had really smart people who weren't necessarily like woke assholes mm-hmm. trying to figure this out for de- for like over a decade how do you con- how do you moderate content mm-hmm. and then but he's like oh i like i could figure it out on my own in a few weeks and like he can't you know he doesn't know how to do it well it hasn't been so disastrous has it over there, he, he's just not. He's no better at it than than the tw- than the team at Twitter was. Like Seems it's a it's a better. mess. Um, it's not well. It's not better because 
the advertiser leaving. Mm. And like if the advertisers leave, there's no, there's no, they, the whole thing has to shut down. So like, right. and like, so that's the whole question. How do you, I, you how know, do you keep it open and keep? You advertisers? might know a little more about like the yeah. economics of Twitter. Well, I, I'm saying that's the whole thing. Like, I don't, th- I don't think there's anything else to it. You don't think that woke Twitter pre Elon Musk was motivated by I- ideology as well as money? I, th- I think I, he is too because he doesn't need Twitter or the money. I. Th- in other words, as, as no, no, for but personal I'm, wealth or gain, I think he did believe in a different ideology of that, of much more free speech, much mm-hmm. more openness and tolerance for different ideas. Yeah. And that's what he wanted it to be, and that's what Jack Dorsey claims to want I, it to I, return I, to. And yeah. before, they they were they wanted money too, but they were also ideologically well, driven. Well, I, th- I think it's very complicated, and there's a gray area where you just have to choose a way to go, and, and they chose their ideology in those in those particular places. And, and I think they messed up. I'm not, I'm not saying they were great at it. I'm just saying he's also not great at it. And, like, it's just funny to me. Like, there's the technicals. He didn't have the answer. But, yes, there's the technicals of it. But the point is he – Twitter beforehand, you're saying, like, you know, the money issue has been the driving force behind all of it, and that could be. But the, the ideology behind what was before was clearly ideologically driven, and they had an agenda. And then in working with the FBI, it becomes a free speech issue. If the FBI is pressuring Twitter to censor speech, mm-hmm. then you have actual free speech. Not like people throw on free speech so loosely, but it's when the government is censoring is, is when it's a violation of the principle of the constitutional free speech that we talk about. Not yeah. what a company wants to do whenever it wants to do it. So then, but like... Yes, it's not as simple as just go and let everybody on. Then you have issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. um, And you dig yourself into a hole when you're a free speech absolutist where everything goes. But what, what, what the, the thing about before was that Twitter was applying their terms of cert, their, what's it called? Their terms of service policies. Yeah. Whatever. Their policies were being applied inconsistently depending on the politics of the person they claim would violate them without cause. Sure. But he's doing that also. Is he though? Yeah, he's he's like um, I mean, people who were banned. Like he uh, he he banned Kanye for for doing something legal. Like you can any you can like swastikas are legal. You can put them up anywhere you yeah, want. But they're, they're still I mean, might, they're, can't put them up anywhere you want. But they're but, still might. Yeah, you can put them up anywhere you want, not on private property. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, I mean, I got <laughs> there. If you take down that thing, you'll see. <laughs> you you uh, should that be the, the new? You can, he, I think there are still terms and policies in place at Twitter. About hate speech and like inciting violence and certainly putting up a swastika could yeah. could be something that applies in woke Twitter and in Elon's Twitter. That's not inconsistent. Free speech, like saying ivermectin is an is an effective drug or whatever it is mm-hmm. for COVID. Um, we're gonna get COVID flagged on this episode. I looked down on our episode and it says learn more about COVID here. I'm like, so a weird. lot of yeah, a lot so of we talk about COVID and it has to have a disclaimer. It's it's just yeah, remnants still, of, of the weird totalitarian place we were in. We talk about that too. Yeah. The next phase is scaring me a little bit. Um, but the point is that still could be true in both. What he's talking about more is like a conservative can be on Twitter now and a liberal as opposed to before where it has to be pretty much one thing, one way of thinking. And I feel like he's applying that. He's not like going after people who are just liberal. They're going after people who are, according to him, maybe not in every case because I don't know, but some people were banned because they were like following his plane and causing security concerns. Which, Which is totally legal. And that's information you can get for free on the internet. Like, uh, I don't know about that. No, it is. It I is. know, I know you could follow private planes and stuff, but according to Elon, he's like, mine is not registered here. This person was following me and stalking me. Stalking is not legal. I don't know about that. I've, I've heard a lot of people say it was like, 
He was being it was a baby. just a person. Yeah, just being a baby. I get it if your kids are 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 uh, that that's like really bad. But that's why like the person in charge of making these decisions, it shouldn't just be one person because mm. um, that it it is dangerous. It was weird. weird when he put this poll up that said, uh, "Well, Dil, that was an easy out because because I don't think he wants to be CEO anymore. It was never like the plan. So right. he's like, I'll just put a poll up there. Right. Um, and if if it gets voted no, then I'm I'm a, I'm a hero. I listen to everybody. The mass firings were super satisfying. The old pictures of like finding woke sweatshirts in the closets, yeah, and like all women in one room, no men, and then like the new Twitter is all these Asian, all just that. a bunch of Chinese dudes. Like we're so excited. I didn't see any <laughs> it of that. It was hilarious. I enjoyed it. It's very cinematic. The whole thing. It's very funny. Yeah, the whole things. I mean, I guess it's funny. If you, but we have an episode in which we're like, I'm excited about this, and you're like, How do you know he can run a? Uh, how how well, do you yeah, know he yeah. can run a thing? So you're just gloating in that a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, Gloat, well, he, yeah, he's a human being, and these things are. I I, just, I think that people. Um, I mean, this is based on stuff I've heard, you know, on, on other podcasts. But like, yeah, pe- people just sort of think that this content moderation is like, um, it's it's like, it's an extremely complex, difficult thing to do mm. that every that every huge corporation is trying to do and can't figure out, mm. and like. Um, Yes, but that's just th- what it is. One thing you could figure out is to not target people of one political persuasion, like just conservatives. You could do that. Yeah, but I, I get it. It's yeah. easy for us to say like he'll just come in and fix it. Yeah, yeah. He's very um, human. Right. He he's very human, and uh, uh, yeah. I hope he just goes back to. Well, there was a clip of Earth. Joe. There was a clip of uh, Joe Biden in and saying all the cars on the White House lawn are now uh, the White House staff are now electric. And he's like sitting in one, like with a thumbs up, one of these photo ops. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Peterson retweets it, goes, "Definitely not sitting in a Tesla. I wonder why that is." At WhiteHouse.com, like it's all inter- It's an interesting call out. Like there's none of those are Teslas. Mm-hmm. Like he's become sort of conservative superhero Elon Gold, which yeah, is and which it, is it, weird. It's <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk. Elon, Elon Musk, Gold. which is um, the guy who, like you know, I said this to you on that episode too. Went to space, made electric cars mainstream. Yeah. So you see, you can say it's, really it's hard to do at Twitter, but everything else he's done has been impossible too, and he did it. Hence, I said his track record pointed in the fact that this would not be insurmountable for him. Yeah, he put yeah. a rocket but on a is. thing and he went to space and then landed the same rocket back. Yeah. NASA, NASA said it could never be done. He did it. So yeah. does that seem more hard and complex than well, that's an content well, moderation? Because he's an engineer. Right. This isn't an, an, an engineering problem. But NASA's been full of smart people, full of engineers, and for some reason, a lot of them they, are Nazis. <laughs> what? You know about that NASA? No. NASA like was like started by bringing Nazis over from Nazi Germany. It's just spelled NASA, but it's not Nazi. <laughs> really? You know that? Yeah, it's called it was called Operation Paperclip, I think. Oh, they brought this is like very well known. This isn't even a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. They uh, speaking of people, I hate. That's why. Uh, that's a reminder to do my picks for fantasy football. That's the person I want to see. Oh God, Liz. Um, Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they brought over Nazi scientists and like gave them like safe haven in America to start to help us get to the moon or to help start NASA. Yeah, wunderbar. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you said something about like the next phase because I wanted I, the thing I want to talk about today is I can't remember the last time so many people in my life were coming up to me and going, "Have you have you seen this yet? Have you seen this yet? Have you seen this yet? Have you seen this yet?" And that thing is ChatGPT. We talked about it last week, but I don't know if we like really. Like, I think we really gotta talk about it. I was the first one that brought it to your attention, and no, then it started. No, I had heard about it. I read an article by this guy. I read Ben Thompson, and and it seems kind of like annoying and technical and boring. Like if like I'd say a month and a half ago. So I, I so I just didn't read it. Um, 
and then and then I heard a podcast about it, and then I tried checking it out, and you told me about it, and now, but it, but what I mean is, it's it's the snowball effect. In the last two or three days, it's everywhere, mm-hmm. and like in a week or two, it's gonna like even more people are gonna find it out about like it. Feels like tipping point. So I heard I heard this podcast with this um with this like DMT scientist. Yeah, you can get rid of that. Yeah. Um, whatever he was saying that uh, um. You know, when we think about the hockey stick curve of like right. evolution, when when you're very very close to the to the, like to the, to the to straight the up part, yeah. like you think you think of like flying cars in the future as like you know a hundred two hundred thousand years in the future, but if you're close enough to to the edge, it could be you know three years in the future. Like things will start moving so quickly to exponential. Yeah. So I, you already see with like mid journey, which is the chat GPT for images. Mm-hmm. It's the, the images it's spitting out are like vastly better than they were six months ago. Cause mm-hmm. now you have millions of people using it. And chat GPT is getting vastly better like every week with millions of people getting on right. it. And like in six months from now, in, in a year from now, we could be doing this podcast and like we have the chat GPT app open and right. like, we're just using it like, Tell us what to talk about today. Fully like, that inter- could be a year from now. Fully integrated, doing insane things that right. even the creators didn't know it could do. Right? Like it's, it's, reminds- it's, it feels like we're in this moment. That's what I said last yeah. week. I was I you, I, I had exactly I this it. process. I didn't process going it. into last week's episode, yeah. and you weren't interested. I w- <laughs> no, I no, was no, saying no, Michael. I, I was like Michael. <coughs> I was fresh off of this. I started seeing my feed every every other TikTok mm-hmm. video is people getting their mind blown. I'm like, it it is, it's the iPhone. Yes. All this within five years after the iPhone, no. iPhones were ever ubiquitous, and the App Store, the, the concept of an App Store, an app. It's things that, were not amplified yet. What, we what had it, websites. We yeah. didn't have apps. What is it? It's not. It's the iPhone doesn't quite capture. I thought. I think, I think Uber, you're forgetting. Uber might be. Like no, no what's the you're, product? You're forgetting. The year before the iPhone was announced, everyone was like a touchscreen phone. Yeah. It's a small example. Uh, okay. Nobody could imagine or was interested. Yeah. In the idea of like everything being touched, the keyboard. Everyone was like, "I need my BlackBerry." Yeah, everyone I can't needs do a it. BlackBerry, yeah. and maybe like Gary Vee was saying, "I think this is going to be irrelevant in a year. You'll see." Um, but did he say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the Black, I think I think uh, the guys at what's called. Oh, he said that B- about BlackBerry. BlackBerry at the time. Oh, wow. this is going to be. I'm telling you, they were in big trouble. The Good guys at what's called Rim. I think the guys at Rib are in big trouble. Big trouble. Big trouble. Then then Steve Jobs comes out. I sometimes go back on YouTube and I just watch the clip of the first iPhone announced, and he goes like this, and everyone goes, "Oh." <gasps> <laughs> Like that reaction collectively, yeah. <gasps> and then everyone wants to see it. And two years later, yeah. we all have iPhones. We all use the apps. Two, three years later, fully integrated, and the app store and the technology, like it was, it was revolutionary. Yeah. It changed the way we, everything is done. Yeah. There's an app store now, like an app store, like like a store full of apps. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just mean like we don't have to explain what that is. It's just the way things are done now. Yeah. Just like track back, go back ten years from that or twenty years website oh it's this thing you're gonna be like so that was revolutionary like the search engine do you remember email do you remember when it started like not just email gmail yeah <laughs> remember before it was like aol some people have different email addresses there's a yahoo if you meet somebody and they say at aol you go what yeah i take a lot of um it's like having it'll be what the green text thing is for people it's like you know if they have aol you're like that is just weird this guy's a weirdo yeah yahoo account gmail yeah it's Gmail. It's yeah. all. It's all Gmail. It's all, it's all G, Gmail. It's all G, baby. G, it's all G, baby. But that became just standard, yeah. 
And then uh, I don't remember what the in between stuff was, but do you rem- I remember it was like Ask Jeeves. There was a few little things that yeah. started. That was the first search engine I ever used. Ask Jeeves. What is that? Jeeves is yeah. just this person. You type in something and he tells you something. You know. No, no, no. But but it's different because that from like like someone compared it to the first time you saw Google. But that was a, that was a steady uh, inc- that was a steady um, sort of path to get there. Where like in sixth grade, I remember there's Alta Vista and Ask Jeeves and all these things. Carter ninety five. Yeah, and the, and and then Google came out, and you're like, oh, this one's this one's really good but it wasn't like there's no precedent to chat there, there, people there aren't, is because you've been saying you've been doing it with mid journey and a little bit of these I things i mean no it's just in the last few weeks but it's not like people are chatting with bots that are that are like bad all the time mm-hmm. and, and 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 now they're like oh this one's a good one yeah but pull yourself up above it and look down this chat gpt is could very well be the beginning right, of no, what is right. more adventurous. Like it started with ChatGPT, so, no, no, and now no, we have a robot so, on our podcast. Right, no, so I want to find the the exact product that it's comparable with because, like, even the iPhone, the iPhone was very cool, but we already had sort of mobile phones. Like, maybe it was the cell phone. Maybe maybe cell phone. It was like you can just be anywhere with this thing, and yeah, I can make maybe, a call. Maybe you're just forgetting what the novelty was. The flip, the, the first cell phones before it was car phones. No, no, I can no, have no. it in my car, but that was the building blocks to all of a sudden being anywhere in the world and making a cellular but, call. But, but there's no building block to ChatGPT, is what I'm saying. It's like it's. It, I, I think it's like Uber. Yes, there is. I think it's like Uber because there was never like like you're like. Have you seen Uber? And you're like you press a button and then a car comes up and you're like holy yeah, shit. Yeah, but isn't isn't like typing into the internet and getting results ChatGPT's predecessor? Uh, You're interfacing with like technology to give you information. This is just a more human way. That's not the product people feel like they're using. I don't think the experience is very novel. I've done it yet. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I just, I just, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to explain exactly how novel. I don't think the iPhone quite captures how novel it is. Is 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 what I'm saying. I think I think there's something else to it. Like, um, yeah, but watch like a there's a game show. There's a talk show where somebody was asking somebody what uh, the internet is, mm-hmm. and he was trying to explain it. Maybe they're asking Bill Gates what the internet is, mm-hmm. and he's trying to explain it, and it sounds fluffy. Yeah. There's going to be a way for us to connecting, BBB software. Yeah, you were. Saying- Do you remember when? Um, I remember we were in Colorado together on a ski trip. Yeah, and it was right around the time it was in college where some website, um, released every single thing that had ever streamed this was before netflix went into streaming and for for like kaza no it wasn't because i no, no there it was it was there was a website and everyone was talking about it. like have you it might have been called popcorn time but i don't think it was it was like have you seen this thing you can get you can get any show any show and everyone went on it and they're like holy shit like like every show was just here and it buffered and it was like bad and it was like but it was like for the first time like I remember. oh my god like it's all on the internet. This mm-hmm. is crazy. You can just watch anything. Mm-hmm. Like maybe YouTube. YouTube maybe is a good one I of think, like. I think YouTube. Maybe, but, yeah, but, maybe but there YouTube's. was Ebaum's World. There were video sites. There was Vimeo. There were like a couple of things. Yeah. But just the idea of watching a show or any kind of thing. Yeah. And remember, YouTube was just funny little videos. It wasn't like media yeah. yet. Yeah. No, but the, the the delight the delight for the first time when you see a ChatGPT response yes. is it's not that wasn't like YouTube. I don't know. I don't know. We should, I I want to. I want to. Really... I I'm I'm comparing it to the delight of somebody going like this across an iPhone and people being like, okay, oh that like specific yes thing. novel experience. Okay. Like you're going this tech has never been before. Mm-hmm. Like there's a touch screen at like a thing. It's this. It's stupid. Just like there's like automated responses yes. that aren't impressive. Right. We become children for a moment. All of We're a sudden you're just wonder. like in awe. Like yeah. how does this work? Like you mean I could touch anything here? Yeah. Anything? Like we forget that so it was cool. it, what, so the product the iPhone of was the, the first uh, as like a toy. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah when, when that came out, I had to see what an iPhone was. And I remember mm-hmm. the first people I knew who got it. My friend's parents got it, and they and I went up to them. I'm like. He was like, yeah. I'm like, so I was just like touching it and seeing how mm-hmm. it worked because we're so used to all these products and everything is touch. It wasn't, it didn't exist. Right. Like, yeah, maybe I am forgetting about it. You're just maybe forgetting. I forgetting that, that was like 2004. I don't know when it was. But like um, the first people to get it or the first time I saw an iPod. iPod. iPod is good. That's good. iPod's very I was like, good. what do you mean a thousand songs? It was Arya's. Yeah, yeah. I, we I, and and that click sound, I was like, he, he had it. I'm like, what is That's that? A, I think it's iPod. I it's, said, what is yeah, that? Because yeah. we all had CDs for and, years. And you just go through the song, the song, and then the you're just trying it. Because you're used yeah. to what ten C- DVDs at a time in your bar mitzvah yeah, yeah, yeah. radio player. Yeah. And then he's like, no, look, iPod. Is and I'm good. going. And there were MP3 players, and there oh. were things, but the iPod did it in such a way that you could interface with it. Because I think what's different about ChatGPT is that it's not that AI hasn't been around, but like interfacing with it feels natural yeah. and fluid yeah. and same with that iPod when it was going right there was many disc players and, and MP3 players but it wasn't the, the iPod so maybe Did we find it and just the MP and the MP3 mm-hmm. the MP3 I remember it was like what's an MP3 what is it it's just like there what is it though is it physical right. no it's zeros right. and ones a- MP3 is good because like um enough people had MP3 players in the same way like you've like chatted with enough enough customer service bots where yeah. you're like I know they're there but like I have such a little interest in it it's right. not even like something I'm like engaging with what mp3s or yeah like like the mp3 players like people had it but like you didn't want to you didn't yeah. want to engage with it it was yeah. like annoying and made weird it, made like it, you knew it existed though yeah but the iPod and then the it. iPod came out and the and iPod, like, which oh. operated on the same thing and also right. it was like mp3 was like a Napster click like I'll play this song by clicking on this file yeah it wasn't like just what music is now which yeah. is which is that yeah um yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so it feels like we're on. I, I. I'm just. I'm thinking about like a year from now. I think things are gonna accelerate so freaking quickly. Right. And I think. I think like we, we want to make a thumbnail for our YouTube. We're gonna go into mid journey and do Fauci on his knees with Joe Rogan standing over him with a syringe. Right. We have a thumbnail for the thing, and you, we're gonna be able to say exactly what we have in our minds. You're an episode off. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here like, I dude, am. and you're I like, wasn't... and you're like, okay. Okay, so now I you're wasn't... responding to me a week later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, I was like, dude, I can't explain to you that this is going to be the next thing, and it's going to be huge. And you weren't actively listening. <laughs> no, but you were, but then it, then it started coming up in your Maybe life. I hadn't tried it myself, yeah. I just heard I about it. I, I, Maybe I, I, I just I popped my cherry, it. I was like... Yeah, and then I started looking at what is what kind of stuff the, the, so, the so AI is creating. Yeah, I was with two friends, and, and we put in... Um, give us an idea of, of Rick and Morty... But with uh, but with Jewish themes, and 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 gave us an idea, and it was a pretty lame. And I was like, dude, this is lame. And then he, then he so he put in same thing, but like a little more adult, and it, it gave out like a really solid pitch for a TV show. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like that's a good, that's a fine. So what idea. I think it does is it weaponizes everybody, and everybody's better. So the best of the best get better. Yeah. Equally, yeah. It's just like you know now with computers, any kid in the basement just make a beat. But there are beats that suck. That maybe in 1980 would have been like, how did you do that? Because no one had the tech. Yeah, yeah. And now like the best, the most creative people yeah. still win. I don't think it's it. it I don't know. It's disruptive. Yeah. There's no question. Because if yeah. you're not going to need certain things yeah. like legal memos, I told oh. you about this. I'm a lot of guys like I'm a lawyer. I reviewed the ChatGPT legal memo that using American tax code. And legal practices and standards and precedents. Please put together a memo for me, talk covering this and the, and it will do it. Yeah, secretaries and receptionists are in trouble. Consultants are in Don't. trouble. But I guess it's also it's funny to think about how 
the glee that we feel right now is the same glee we felt when everyone started getting on Facebook yeah. with no thought of like, how could this go south? Like you were like, did Facebook know that we were going to get into, oh, oh, oh. It, I think because it's happened in such recent memory and it's full rotation oh. from incredibly exciting to the most dangerous, worst time we've mm-hmm. ever lived in. Yeah, it, this is gonna go bad quick. <laughs> I heard I heard this real this Nobel Prize winner on John Stewart's podcast saying mm-hmm. she's like this is sort of like when we figured out how to split the atom, mm-hmm. like when we when we dropped the bomb, the world got together and created the UN to mm-hmm. be like this is dangerous and yeah. we need to cooperate because otherwise it's just gonna go off the rails. Right. And she's like that's she's she's like I think in the next in the next year or two we're gonna have to do that. Let's let's mark it down in this episode. Here's yeah. my prediction. Okay, uh, AI. Create for me the consciousness of a woman from such and such place manifested into this doll that has replicable features of a human being. Upload it, and now the incel crisis has been solved. But so has everything else, where you have these people who relationships and population decline accelerate because most people don't want to put in relationship with real people. They just upload their ideal man or woman into a doll, Mm -hmm. and that doll keeps them company. Like, we think we're interfacing with computers and our devices. What if that device becomes, uh, you know, developed into a person, what looks like a person, yeah. the robot that says, hi, and, and they have, you know what, give it a little more personality. Make her, make her a little spunkier. Yeah. Make her a little more into, like, comic book movies so that we could talk about stuff. Remember mm. that movie, Her? Yeah, I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah. But <laughs> but I, I, I know what it was about. You should like, see it. It's I really good. It. But I know. Yeah. I get, the, the, the premise was that he was in love with this machine, right? Yeah, but no, but it, no, it's deeper than that. It's it's that like people are aware of of how messed up it is and mm-hmm. how weird it is, um, but like you're saying, at the end of the day, it serves them. It serves them really well, and they actually are in love. So like, what do you do then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, you mean with with a man and a, and, a, and a computer and a computer? Yeah, like people are like, dude, this is weird. But he's he's like, I'm part of a community of mm-hmm. people who are in love with with AIs, right. and and I know it's weird, but I was married to a person, and that sucked. Yeah, <laughs> and this doesn't. <laughs> There was an uh, there's an AI going around on the Joe Rogan one of the like Joe Rogan channels that was like a, uh, an artificially intelligent an AI generated conversation between Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs. Oh, cool. Now, the thing is, human beings are so evolved and adept to pick up on oddities in tone, speech. It's our evolution. That's why you're we're so sensitive to pitch. Mm-hmm. We're very sensitive, even more than visually. Like a vibe that somebody gives off. Mm-hmm. Like maybe visually too, but like our ears are evolved to be like you hear something, you pick up on something. The way somebody says something, if I just talk a little bit off, right? You know, you you notice something's weird, right? So like, if we were to have an AI generated conversation, that's what we're gonna do right now, and I'm gonna talk as if it sound as as if we're ha- we're AI generated. This is what it would sound like on Buckle Up, yeah, so- Mike. Um, so there's crazy stuff going on. Yeah, I did wars, Ukraine, wheat. It's funny. <laughs> What's funny? Just that we are, you know, in this time and we have no idea what's really going on cuz we're ignorant and we basically don't know what we're talking about. But did anyone ever know what they were talking about? I don't think so. I mean, usually not, but this is kind of the way Joe Rogan <laughs> right. and Steve Jobs sounded when they were having a conversation. Right. It, and it's not even that bad. <laughs> yeah, right. So no, so so what's really I'll play it for you after. What's really cool is that um, when you start onboarding millions of users, like that thing can get to normal really quickly. I can fathom it. Yeah, I can fathom it. That yeah. it's almost like I can't tell that this was fake. Yeah. It has all of the, but but we're so complex as human beings that like 
simulating consciousness, like yeah. a, 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 an autonomous conscious being. Yeah. I don't know. Will we always be able to tell the difference? I guess it's a matter of degree. And at a certain point, someone would just sound like this, who's completely AI generated. Or you won't care. I mean, maybe like uh, with when recorded music came out, they're like, it's never going to sound like it's live. And mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, well, it's its own thing. You know, it's not right. going to sound like it's live, but it's it's so useful that we'll we'll forgive it. That tends to be my attitude about all these things. I'm much more on the optimistic side. I didn't make that move. <laughs> I'm much more on the optimistic side. Yeah. Virtual reality. Sure, live is good, but now I can perform in Uruguay or Bombay right, and do a concert I never would be, have been able... It's not like I was missing that beforehand. I just yeah. couldn't access it. You know? Yeah. And Zoom sucks. Imagine Zoom like this. <laughs> and we all feel it. Yeah. Well, that's what Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg's betting on. I hope so <laughs> with meta. That stuff is so bad. It's so weird. What it looks like now. But you it's see, so, that to me is so an example of not AI. It's forced future tech well, on what, us we're that, like no since FTX, i'm not putting on an yeah, oculus uh, but i'm not putting on an oculus i have yeah. no desire to so it's not working yeah. google glasses they tried to make it a thing it didn't work yeah um i as part of me wants to see it's the same thing with elon i like seeing that these people i like being reminded that these people are are human and not infallible mm -hmm. like i would love to see mark zuckerberg like he had an amazing idea and and unlike jack dorsey and a lot of other people in a sort of class mm -hmm. he was able to actually like become a ceo a world-class ceo and run run the most you know one of the You'd most like valuable things in the world yeah and and then like but not every one of his ideas is great and like the metaverse is like off and you well, know I'd, google I'd, all good powerful to be google remember google glass you remember that idea they tried to make a thing where it's a wearable and it just yeah. Failed. Well, let's Google sort of as like a company, but this is like it seems like this is like Mark Zuckerberg controls Facebook in a way other mm. CEOs don't. Uh -huh. So like to, to be like he's betting the farm on 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 the metaverse, and mm. like it'd be interesting just to see him flop, just yeah. to see uh, yeah the infallibility. The that's you wanting others to to fail. The fallibility, yeah, yeah. the fallibility. Yeah, yeah. To, to know, yeah. Yeah, just seeing someone fail is always in, nice. The in exorbitant <laughs> fallibility of an inordinate exorbitance. The enormous, the enormity of his fallibility <laughs> uh, will be ordinate. Yeah. Um, interesting. So yeah. you still like seeing people fail. But Mark Zuckerberg is, has a vibe, you know, so I get it. But it's interesting to see that we we think these are omni omniscient. I think so. Omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipotent and omniscient sure. are two are two yeah. similar words. Omniscient, I think so. But that they can do anything, right? But they can't. It's all up to us. Ultimately, if we don't like Meta, it doesn't work. Right. I've put on an Oculus. It doesn't work yet. It doesn't have this Chat GPT experience right, where you're right. like, I'm here and I get it. That's the that's when yeah. you know it's a win. You take yeah. an iPhone, you're like, I'm in. Yeah. No, the second that, you yeah, pick yeah. it up, my first iPhone, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. Ba -ba -ba -ba, I'm done. Yeah. As opposed to like, well, no, you have to do this, and then even though it's glitchy, it's cool because yeah. the second you have to explain it, it's over. Yeah, and that's what um that's what Web three has always been missing, and now I mean it's wild to see. I mean we talked about this last year. You're right. I'm a week behind. So you're totally right. <laughs> I, yeah, and just Web three just has fallen on its face, and so much has changed in the last few weeks. Right. Just like it, so completely falling on its that's face. Interesting. I wonder if VCon 2023, what the vibe will be at that point. I, I want to go to this VCon even more than last year just to see how crazy it, how, what, yeah, what's it going to be like? You think, it, but that all, you're all, you're saying that only because of FTX. Like that's the one no, scandal. No, it's not. It's, um, or are you? FT, no, I mean, there, there have been, no, there's a, it's a domino effect. FTX has gone under and now like multiple companies will go under because of FTX. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, the, the entire ecosystem. I think people thought it would be like, like the past crypto winters, like a few months, and then mm -hmm. the prices will go back up. People are like really smart. People are talking about like 
it's it might be like five parties over ten years until until like we find a new excitement for it. But but all it's possible if like Bitcoin dips below like ten thousand. There's like certain triggers of like institutions that have to sell because it becomes mm-hmm. too risky, and and they're like if it gets to that point, it, it may literally go to zero. Like Bitcoin could go to die. zero. Yeah, die. Th- that was always that was always the case. It's either going to zero or a million. That was always what people. Well, I'm said. buying it like one cent, a million of them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to finally get my shot again. Um, that's you like bought at the very bottom, and then it goes to zero. That's um, fine. That's um, funny. Well, people that when Luna went to zero. It went it went between zero and like zero point zero five, and people were making a ton of money buying and selling immediately. Because if it goes from point oh one to point oh four, you quadruple your money. So people were people that's were still ma- not much, right? No, well, if you buy a million dollars worth of it, oh, and, in that and, little moment, and that's then, your favorite kind of success. You, um, you love that I, hack. No effort, all a game, done. No, I don't think. No, I, I think it. I, I have so much respect for it because yeah. it is so far away from something I could do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you marvel no, at. No, but, but you're it's not, not like upset that those people succeeded. You're like nice. It's not. It's not zero effort because there's um so much. I would never do it because there's so much risk in it. But it's so quick and so fast, and the opposite of succeeding is a writer. <laughs> no, zero. Yeah, zero. Zero effort is like is and Lottery I have someone. In my, you know, is is like, hey, have you ever met this guy? No, why don't you guys meet? Oh, you guys came up with a deal. I'm taking uh, like I take thirty percent of all funds that are raised, mm. like as my finder's fee. That's zero. That's zero effort, and that's something I have zero. In. If if you found out somebody made like three million dollars introducing people, you'd be it, like, no, it makes me a little sick. It does it? Re- yeah, you wouldn't be like, sick. nice, man. It doesn't. It makes me maybe angry. because you've been the victim of it. I mean, everyone's or paid you've like done it and fees. Not, yeah. I, I do it. I, I <laughs> that's kind of like Tim Dillon. I mean, this is what I do. <laughs> No, that yeah, that makes me a little bit. Uh, Maybe yeah. it's too close to home. Yeah, I don't like that at all, actually. Right. But this quick hack, quick cash thing, these schemes you like a lot. I, I'm reading about hospice now as a business. That's also something that I'm really fascinated by. Like people figured out that the government gives benefits to people who are dying because yeah. it's cheaper than keeping them in hospitals. So people figured out if we can put on paper enough people who are technically dying in a room, um, we can call ourselves a hospice, mm-hmm. get money from the government, give them less than we're getting. And and we make a million well, dollars. Well, that that to the, me is also the s- entire elder care industry is just raw. I mean, I don't know this with authority, yeah. but I've I've seen so much for people who work in it and talk about it. It has yeah. that reputation of nursing homes because they're taking government money, yeah. and that's a libertarian in me that proves like, you know. This is how it's so easy to corrupt yeah. these institutions. You just get money per person, and like I know someone who went, I know of someone who went to jail because they were listing patients who didn't exist in exactly. their care, and they were getting checks, the and minds. then they were readmitting people who didn't need to be, so they could collect the checks. Yeah. The home hospice, government grant stuff—it's so rotten. And part of the part of the hospice care industry <laughs> is getting doctors to keep re re diagnosing people as terminal. So they get diagnosis terminal. They're still alive six months later. We need no, we need another terminal diagnosis for we this person, a, and they keep doing it until they die. Michael, I think you just thought of a good idea for us. <laughs> I mean, it's so awful. I mean, it's, it's but but the people who see hospice and see dollar signs are is really fascinating. So that you respect. That I respect. Yet a writer. Do I respect who, it? But, 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 but an artist or writer who makes it by their own efforts in accord off of good quality work and they succeed that bothers you. But a crooked, <laughs> unethical slime bag who Gets fake patients to become diagnosed as terminal yeah, and gets money from the government to steal. Because that takes real talent. <laughs> that is really that's, a, that's a much more rare talent. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. you have a plan B. You know. <laughs> um, but what we were gonna there was one more point to make. No, there was. 
we were talking about we were talking about the end of Web three. We're in a moment that we're in a moment with ChatGPT. Totally ah, twenty twenty three for buckle up. Mm-hmm. I've always avoided the idea the the subject of like because I think you just put in the work, you put in the work, you put in the work, and eventually success comes. But there's got to be also a, a point to like focusing on like the patronage of buckle up. Mm-hmm. The pay- I've been watching like other creators and looking at people and seeing what they've been doing, and it, the numbers obviously have to be much higher, I think, for for you to get anything significant. But Patreon has announced recently like in-app video services and stuff like that yeah. that intrigued me because they want to be more creator friendly to yeah. uh, be able to like monetize what you do, and you seem really excited about it. Why? Gen- <laughs> oh, no, you, is that sarcastic? You know, you're ma- yeah, you're making a face. Why? Oh no, no, I just, I just, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're there yet. I mean, even getting like our first 10 patrons. Yeah. Because I feel like once you do that, it's, it puts you in a patron mindset. Like, yeah. how do you, how do we get 100 patrons patrons in 2023? Right. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a cool all I'm goal. saying. That's I'm not cool talking goal. about like it being the end all be all. I'm more done. interested in OnlyFans. Right. If we did the whole thing with just cameras pointed at our feet, what that could get us. What if we did that with the whole, with some, and the creep, there are enough creeps with foot fetishes for male feet? I've talked about it with my wife. I'm comfortable with it. If we did a whole podcast just at our feet, that would be a funny experiment. Right. At the very least. For OnlyFans. We would do it barefoot. We'd yeah. have a third camera set up on our feet. Mm. You know, the whole podcast is just... And you the hear the foot audio. Shot and the foot angle goes to OnlyFans? <laughs> the foot angle goes to OnlyFans. So we can still do it and we just have one more Same angle thing. on the feet. Yeah, exactly. Well, episode 48 <laughs> for OnlyFans coming so up. So would to see this. <laughs> Buckle up, baby. Buckle that baby. wraps it up. And that's probably the last episode of the year, right? That goes out? Uh, Probably. So maybe going into 2023, we do the foot fetish for our OnlyFans. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. And... Uh,